0: Hello, everyone, welcome back to just another F1 podcast here on the Apex Motorsport. My name is Richard Smith, and we've just had the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix, or to give it its full title, the Formula One Rolex Grand Premio del Made in Italy, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. That's a bit of a mouthful, um, but to join me today to discuss that race in Emilia is, of course, Ryan. Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. I'm going to throw you on the spot once again, your free word weekend review, because we've had two races, but controversial but two races, uh your three word race review. Wet
1: Strategy and safety cars as one word.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you off with that one. The reason they said there was two races was of course this was the first sprint weekend um of of the season. There's a couple of the season, this was the first one. We can't get into we can't really call them races, but they are exactly what a race is. Uh, so for the to make it easier for everyone to understand we're just going to go by calling them races and we're going to start by talking about that sprint qualifying race um the the saturday race saturday qualifying because qualifying was on friday sprint races are still as confusing as ever um and this time we had the first ever overtake for the lead it's the first time the person who started the front of the race hasn't actually won so ryan just your immediate thoughts on that sprint race do you think it it worked and do you think sprint races are sort of especially the season now we've had a few to compare it to are exciting or just get rid of them altogether?
1: i think so far obviously this is the first sprint race it's not too bad having three sprint races in the year whenever there's 23 i think this year it doesn't seem that bad 3 out of 23 means 20 normal races, 3 sprint races. It's not too bad. So we've got this one that we just had at uh, the D'Amelia, Romagna. Then we'll have Silverstone. And then Brazil, isn't it, I think we're having it?
0: Well, it's it's actually Austria and Brazil this year. Austria then Brazil. So no Silverstone this
1: year? year. No. That's interesting. Well, that's good because, you know, we want to see some real racing. Even though the sprint race actually is more racing, which is better... It's hard to it's hard to decide. A lot of people like it because there's more racing. There's ac- there's an event on every day, so you have the qualifying on Friday, and then you've got Saturday's your sprint race, and then Sunday's your main race, which I suppose is in a way good or slightly better. But everyone's just so used to the the standard format now, where it's Friday is first and second practice. Uh, The Saturday is the third practice and then the qualifying. So the three big build-ups to qualifying and then the race. But I suppose having the sprint race, it it sort of brings a wee bit more excitement. Uh, That's the way I sort of see it. But I enjoyed watching it. Actually, it was quite good, to say the least, as you were saying. it's Max and Charles is pretty much going to be consistent this year i would imagine the new lewis and max i think i said that maybe in the first podcast until obviously red bull had their reliability issues and whatnot Uh, but it's a good battle to see that for pole and then to see it again in the race obviously things uh, turn south but we'll get on to that later i'm pretty sure but yeah i think sprints it's sort of here to stay but at the volume it's at at the minute i think it's just perfect i don't think we need really any more
0: Yeah the three sprint races spread out across the season I think works quite nice because especially with 23-24 races in a season especially well I think the problem with this one is it's a standalone race where it's been a few weeks from the last race and be a few weeks before the next I think a sprint weekend would work quite well in the middle of like a triple header if they have to put it in to just change it up a little bit um but I, I like the idea of having as you said something every single day a big event you know, I keep thinking back to the first sprint race of Silverstone last year. I was there at the Grand Prix, and from a spectator point of view, and I made this point last year in the podcast as well. It worked really well. You got Friday. You you got action all day Friday. Friday evening was qualifying, um, and especially for the people there, that Friday you've room for, uh, room and grandstand, so you can sit wherever you like. Even if you just have general admission, you are able to watch qualifying from a grandstand seat, which it's a good way to see if you want to go to the following season to a grandstand and something that, that i'm doing myself but uh, then you go on the saturday you've got you've got an actual race you have you know a race start is is probably one of the most exciting parts of the whole weekend is that race start and you get two of them at the very least on a, a sprint weekend and it, i think that this issue of having that second practice still needs to be worked out and i think there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of what the qualifying result means I still think the the result on the Friday the qualifying should be the Grand Prix um, starting grid where Saturday is either you know using that grid but after Sunday that, or after the race is over it goes back to Friday um, it might encourage drivers to take a few more risks um, if they know if they crash out they're still going to start wherever they, they qualify for on the Sunday um, and its It would mean the drivers are going to push more for Friday instead of maybe saving an extra set of tyres, not going out for a second Q2 run in order to go better, you know, have more options for the rest of the weekend. But it wasn't the most exciting race in terms of, you know, out-and-out action. Um, There never really is in sprint races, but we did see that battle later on between Charles and Max, and, yeah, Charles and Max, and it made us sort of, want more and sort of hope that it would be a slight, be slightly longer which is something that I think these sprint races need to do. It needs to give a fans a way of going right this is, this is what we can look forward to going in to Sunday and it's what we got. So was it a success? It's still one of them you don't really know. We, sh- we haven't had enough of them to really see. Um, looking back at last year's sprint races Apart from Hamilton and Brazil, as part of that mega comeback drive, there's no memorable moments as such, and I don't think for stopping passing Charles two laps to go is going to go down as one of the memorable moments in the season, given that there was only an extra point up for grabs. Um, but then, of course, there was pole position for the Sunday up for grabs as well. So, I think we need to see these three, uh, the other two races of the season, to really give a a true opinion on it because it's still one of them divisive subjects some people like it some people don't ryan just why well, i've always been forced for sprint races i've liked them after this weekend it's heading more towards the I'm not a massive fan of them but that may change where are you currently sitting on
1: that i'm sort of sitting still on the fence don't mind them don't think they're the best thing had an idea while you were sitting chatting there about something that was brought up last year and everyone was like, no, because that defeats the whole purpose. But to make it really interesting, the talk about reverse grids doesn't work in a conventional system. But if you use reverse grids for qualifying, so you use the initial qualifying and that qualifying sets the Sunday race, even though it's qualified on the Friday, but that Friday qualifying is then turned into reverse grids for the sprint race. And then the sprint race is its own entity. So then when you qualify on Friday is the actual starting position. So it means then drivers won't slow off on a lap to get reverse grid higher, if that makes sense. I don't know what I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of here, but it makes sense and it does actually work in practicality because people will still go faster to get the pole position on the Sunday whereas the sprint race is just a separate entity which gives maybe the lesser teams more chance of getting points which actually in theory it, it, it actually works out really well. That's one way you can get reverse grids to work. But I'm not we're not talking about reverse grids we're talking about sprint race. I'm still on the fence and that's sort of where I'm sitting here.
0: Yeah, I I still think something that they do I think different series around the world but I'm most familiar with it within GB3 and G B4. You get points on the reverse grid races you get points for every overtake you make and for every position gained rather than overtakes so that would encourage drivers write down the grid to overtake if you want to bring any reverse grid race but I think that's a discussion for another day it's something we've had before and some will probably have many more times to come but let's actually talk about the Amelia Romania Grand Prix itself uh, moving on to the Sunday and Red Bull appeared to be back on top. Ferrari have continued their horrendous run of home races, just not doing well on them. Um, So Ryan, just Red Bull had a good weekend, um, and Ferrari struggled, just your opinions on that.
1: Ferrari, I didn't feel actually struggled. They were sitting quite comfortably P2, essentially, at one point. Well, they would have been had things gone a wee bit more their way in terms of going maybe that lap earlier into the pits instead of waiting to see what Red Bull would do, which I think was their mistake. Everyone else was coming in. They should have come in before Red Bull came in because essentially Charles did lose out in Perez. However, I think Perez is... Well, I class him as one of my favourite drivers of the last three seasons, so I don't care. Um... But Ferrari, I think if, initially if Daniel Ricciardo didn't give that little shunt to Carlos, I think we could have had a completely different race on our hands. Because it would have allowed two Ferrari drivers against two Red Bulls instead of a 2v1, which never works out. As we've seen when Mercedes were dominant with Bottas and Hamilton, the Max was the guinea pig. To sort of try and find a way to, out strategy, strategy, not even try and say that word. Uh, It's not even a real word anyway, but um, to just try and outsmart the Mercedes, which never worked because they always had Bottas to either pit first or Hamilton to pit first, and either way it worked in their favour most of the time anyway. Uh, Lost my train of thought, but getting back on to the Red Bull versus uh, Ferrari, I think Ferrari could have had actually a far better race had the incidents not happened. Obviously we've seen with Charles, end of the race, he was just getting a bit too greedy and trying to push too much instead of being satisfied at the position he was in and he ended up losing points instead of keeping the points he had so his lesson is learned just if he can't beat them stay where you are because you're going to make a stupid mistake and end up on the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to see um sort of Red Bull being able to capitalise on the mistakes Ferrari made because it keeps this title battle going on That you, it's mad that we're Talking about Ferrari running away with the title after four races, but the reality is, if they keep performing the way they are, that could happen. Especially if Red Bull's reliability concerns are as they continue on. Obviously, that I think everyone was sitting watching that race, thinking when's Verstappen's car going to break down, because we've seen it happen so many times. Um, although Verstappen has continued his hundred percent win record when he actually finishes the race this season, which. Um, it's one of them stats I think Sky put up across the bottom of the the screen and um, I mean at that point he's, he's only finished two races and he's won both. So it's, it's correct but a little bit, um, I'd say probably not the best move from Sky caused a lot of arguments on Twitter. Um, but yeah Red Bull, they, because they were able to capitalize it, they have closed this gap on Ferrari and I think... Especially with so many races of the season, so many different tracks, Ferrari have this car that seems to be perfect, whereas Red Bull have issues and Red Bull need to capitalise, otherwise Ferrari are gonna run away with it. and I think Leclerc, his mistake late in the race, um might have just been him getting a little bit too excited that we've got a good car, this is gonna go and go well and we could actually win this title already and I think it's the reality check he sort of needed, a bit like him crashing um in Baku. It sort of resets his mindset, especially going into the brand new track at Miami next. Um it's it's not the worst thing in the world to happen for him. He's still leading the championship and he still got points, um, albeit down in the lower end of that. But for one thing that did have a well I was about to say a terrible weekend, but one of the drivers is actually fourth at uh, Mercedes. George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, the British duo. We talked about at the start of the season our predictions world champions. Most likely not gonna be the case this season, they have really struggled. Um there was always talk of upgrades coming for Emula, those upgrades partially arrived. But not enough. This porpoising is really affecting them and it's costing them valuable points. Russell seems to have got a better handle of the car. Do you agree with that, Brian?
1: Yeah, totally. Hamilton just seems to be nowhere, which is quite surprising. You'd imagine it to be the other way around. That person coming into the team as a new driver wouldn't be able to adapt to the car as easily as the person who's been with the team. And it's sort of the same sort of setup. Yes, obviously it's new regulations, but it'll be some characteristics of the previous Mercedes. So it's it's sort of like what's going on and all I like you thinking of is the fact that Lewis did say quote unquote if he is not feeling that he's able to compete at the top, if he doesn't feel he is able to physically compete as much as anymore, or if he feels that he's getting bored or not happy he would probably leave the sport and now two of those boxes are ticked you know he's not winning and he's not happy with the car so could we see Lewis depart I don't know but George is, is essentially wiping his f- wiping the floor with Hamilton which was expected by me was expected by you I'm pretty sure we sort of expected it to happen They obviously expected it to happen in a different manner where they'd be fighting at the front of the field, not the midfield, which big shock. We thought, you know, I I think I did mention it before we wrapped up last season's podcast that depending on how, you know, the development went, because obviously Red Bull, they had a fast car last year and Mercedes had to catch up. They caught up in the second half, which means that they spent too much time developing last year's car instead of focusing on this year's car, which I think might have actually happened. So prediction points for me from last year, woohoo! uh, they're not good anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's it's weird to see Mercedes not at the front. We're used to it now, but it's actually, it's good to see it, but it's not great to see it. We want to see more competition. We want to see a... A three or four way battle for the title, and at the minute it's just Ferrari and Red Bull, which is boring. But we gotta do what we gotta do.
0: Yeah, Mercedes, are a team that will bounce back, whether or not it will take as long as Red Bull to bounce back when after the last regulations change. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see. And it goes back to the rumors of Mercedes exiting the sport. You know how possible may they be within the next two three seasons if they can't begin the performance um something to think about I suppose but um one team that are sort of back in form and that's McLaren on the podium with Norris great to see him there Norris loves Italian circuits and given where McLaren were at the start of the season things are looking upwards for them do you agree with that Brian
1: yeah definitely I think that after the sort of miserable start that all Mercedes uh, customer teams—I was about to say consumer teams—but that that's not the right word—they don't eat anything. Uh, the customer teams, they were they were pretty much the six last cars to finish, apart from the Mercedes, which was fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth. I don't know what way of finished the first race. I can't even remember. My brain is like pouring water into a fresh bowl or uh, out of a fish, but I don't know what the saying is, fish out of water, I don't know, something along those lines, uh, yeah, my brain's just not uh fully functioning right now, it's a bit wishy-washy, uh, and now I've forgotten where I was going with this, McLaren, yes, McLaren, yes, okay, McLaren, yes, good, Lando, Peeth, three, podium, good to see, great to see, love it, obviously it happened because of Charles, uh so thank you Charles. Uh you made a mistake and you put Lando on the podium, you put McLaren back on the podium. They won. They won, they got the 1 2 here last year after Max decided to mount Lewis Hamilton which will, that was a Monza. Well, what? That was a Monza. Damn. It! Done
0: that.
1: Wrong Italian Wrong track. Wrong Italian circuit. Happens all the time. Wrong Italian circuit. Are you sure? Cuz I thought it was that one. Dang it. I'm pretty sure
0: it was Monza it was the sprint it was the sprint weekend because it was going into Brazil that every single time there's been a sprint race, Hamilton for Stappen Dang it.
1: I thought I was on to something there. Oh well. Uh, no. back on track. Um Daniel Ricardo, I'll move to him. Uh shocker. Absolute shocker. Obviously tapped signs had to go through the, the gravel and then the grass and then got himself back on track and by that stage was too late. He did become the guinea pig though uh, for putting on the slicks first. And then when people seen that uh, the lap times were pretty much equal to what they were doing on the enters, they all made the swap. And once again, as I was saying, Charles could have came in at the same time everyone else was and actually gained a position. But no, he did a Lando and decided he wanted to stay out. Uh, but at least Lando changed his tyres this time and... He improved, which is uh, uh, I think he learned his lesson from his last wet race, and we'll uh, just forget about what happened there. Um, but no, it's good to see McLaren back, sort of somewhere close to the forefront. Uh, minus Daniel Ricciardo, uh, he will eventually come back stronger. He has; he was strong in the last race to a certain degree. He was quite okay in qualifying. I can't exactly remember where he qualified, but you know. If, If he didn't have that shunt, where could the race have went? As I said that as well with Carlos, if Carlos didn't get shunted, where could the race have went? Would have been interesting to have seen what happened, but
0: yeah. And this weekend we saw the return of the cool-down room after the race, and I've always loved that. We've got some of the most iconic moments from Formula 1 in there. Ryan, how glad were you to see that make a return?
1: Yeah, it's, it's good to see the wee room back. We've we've have some, had some quite funny experiences. Uh, Nico and Hamilton. I think Nico threw a water bottle at Hamilton. Well, he didn't meet. Well, he, he did, but he didn't. But you know what I mean. Uh, we've had a couple of good moments where even someone. I think it was Vettel in the room at the time, and someone was on the podium, and then there was a penalty was applied him afterwards.
0: Stopping. Ranking him for stopping. I think that was Mexico um 17 or 18 yeah someone was on the um, podium and
1: then they got a penalty and then they were like no yeah. you, you've got to go mate what are you doing here yeah. <laughs> we've seen a couple of times uh was it mark weber was it i think there was a there was an incident with mark weber oh multi 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 21 or was it multi mm-hmm. i can't mind what, Is it multi 21 they yeah. called it i
0: think so yeah
1: multi 21 seb multi 21 and zeb's just like ha ha I don't care, <laughs> like, the, the attitude of that, but he didn't actually like say it, but you know, we've had some good yeah. good moments in the, the cool down room, I wouldn't call it so much a cool down, more of a, here's a bottle of water, smile for the camera and look at the TV, <laughs> sort, of a, sort of a jig, which to be fair isn't yeah. that bad, but yeah, you know, it is what it is, but good to see it yeah, back. It's so-
0: yeah, it's something interesting to watch just after the race, before going on to the podium. Prefer that to the new Formula e One, where they get five or six drivers in to watch the highlights of the race, where they just complain about the drivers who didn't actually get into the room. It's quite weird. Um, not a big fan of that. But right, we'll move on to the predictions now, and you've taken a two-point lead after um, your guesses. The weekend must we'll say that off-camera, we had to. We forgot that it was a sprint weekend. So off camera we come up with our sprint race predictions, which we both—you got the pole position correct. I got the sprint race winner correct. You put Leclerc on pole. I put Verstappen. No, we it haven't. It's actually six five. Oh. Because Verstappen was on pole, not Leclerc. I forgot Leclerc overtook Verstappen to start the sprint race. So this is actually six five. We'll work out the actual actual final scores um after we finish recording but we'll get into our predictions for this the Miami Grand Prix which sounds weird to say but it's the next one. i seen they're building in the lake on the inside of the track uh, which looks pretty cool. It should be an exciting race there but there's nothing no history to base it on. So Ryan who are you putting as pole position driver for the Miami Grand Prix?
1: I get a weird suspicion, and my suspicions seem to be wrong all the time, but I do get a suspicion that a Mercedes is close, not just there, but close. I think, for some reason, they're going to have it set up in a way that this, like, I th- like obviously we're getting quite a, a decent straight. But I think there's going to be a couple of good narrow corners where I think Mercedes is going to have a better fighting chance going into Miami. There are, I think, probably going to bring in a few upgrades as well. But, ah, well, if I if I take it back to Singapore, no, not no, it wasn't Singapore, where am I going? Abu Dhabi, no, not Abu Dhabi, the other one. Oh, why is my head not working? Oh, Malaysia. Jetta. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going back to previous tracks. No, 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 Jeddah. If we Saudi look at Jeddah,
1: right, a couple of good fast narrow corners. I think it's going to go Verstappen for the simple reason that he's not scared of any wall. We've seen it even in the, the second last race of the season when they were in Jeddah. He just full full ham, setting purple purple, and then he hit the wall smack, but he wasn't feared to have a go, so I think it's going to go Verstappen.
0: Okay, I'm going to go for Leclerc, purely to go the opposite of you, plus I think Ferrari going to be strong this weekend, yeah. wanting to bounce back, and um, we'll go first for the race winner, and I'm going to say Verstappen, because I think there's going to be an interesting battle out front, so who are you going to put as your race winner?
1: I'm going to say that the, the two race leaders somehow crash into one another, it's going to be a spectacle, okay. and my man Sergio Perez takes it.
0: Okay. Um, well then that means on the podium, who's going to join him on the podium? Um,
1: well, obviously it doesn't make sense then to say Verstappen and and uh, and Charles, but I I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm just going to play it fun and say uh, Verstappen second and and Charles third. I still think it's going to be heavily Red Bull.
0: Okay. I'm going to go for the two Ferrari boys and the Clarence signs to make up the podium. Um, podium, uh, fastest lap.
1: Fastest lap. Oh, I think, I think it's just going to be stuck. Some. Oh, no, I think it's going to be Charles. Because okay. he's been itching on about the fastest lap points all the time. So I'm going to say Charles.
0: I'm. I'm gonna go for Lando Norris because I want. Macla- I think McLarens are gonna have a strong weekend yeah. here and maximize the points they can. Um, safety cars. Safety cars. Let's see.
1: Um. Mm, new track.
0: Go with three. Okay. And we can have the usual debate off camera of what is the safety car vs safety yeah, yeah, car that's the end of the season stuff. Well, car prediction, Ryan. Right,
1: I've got my RNG loaded up. We're going to go, I'm going <laughs> to click it three times. One, two, three, and then we're going to hit one more for the number. Our number is 27.
0: That's Nico Hulkenberg, who may be competing if there's a <laughs> COVID
1: outbreak. Right, there should be um, someone else closer, because I'm not going that wild card, wild card. Okay, so number, what was it, number 27, okay, who's closest to number 27, apart from that? So we've got 28, uh, Brandon Hartley, no, Daniel Kvyat, no. You've got Guan Yu
0: 24. Guan Yu 24?
1: Is 24, 24 is only three away and then three away from that would be 30, and that would be Julian Parramore, and obviously he's not there anymore. So it's Guan Yu Zhou or 31. Zhou Guan Yu, so Zhou Guan Yu will finish P10, just inside the points.
0: Okay, that's realistic, I think.
1: All right then, P9 then. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, and hit a random number for me there, and I'll use this as well.
1: Do you want me to hit a couple of goes, and then we'll go for a big... Yeah. Okay, so go Go for four. One... Two, three, four, and then the one for yeah the number. Your number is ninety nine, which would have been Antonio, but he's not here no more. Um,
0: Let me see.
1: So that means seventy seven. Uh,
0: Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, but so the Alpha Romeo. So I'll go P eight then. P eight standard. He
1: seems to like uh, P eight for some reason, qualifying and races. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. It's quite weird, both our wildcard productions have both been randomised for the male yeah. drivers, but that's the way it works. Um, but yeah, right, and that's going to... Oh, I think that's the time we end this podcast. Um, have you got any, um, any final thoughts before we go to my
1: hour? How do I keep forgetting to think of something? I need to think of something yeah. smart nowadays. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Why well, have I not thought of something by now? Um, oh, okay, 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 okay. Mercedes, no win!
0: <laughs> so as I said, that's going to bring an end to today's podcast, Brian. Thank you for joining me once again. Uh, the Miami Grand Prix is up next. Should be an exciting race, something a little bit different. And it's a nice evening race, which we do like as well. So yeah, thank you all so much for watching or listening, wherever you you are tuning in from. And yeah, as I said, I hope you uh, join us next time for the Miami Grand Prix. Goodbye.